Praise the Lord. Let's stand. You can stand still for a little while. I don't want you to get too still now. We've all been there, haven't we? Whenever we had to stand still and wait on him and trying to understand what was going on, but we know he's always faithful to be able to keep his word together. Amen. Let's turn to St. John 17, if you would, verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. I believe there's the people on the earth tonight that's still fulfilling that commission being sent by the Lord Jesus. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Then verse 21. Now this is his desire, of course, one of his, if we could say it this way, from the very peering into the very heart, the human heart of God, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Let's go ahead and read verse 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given, notice this, me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. I may like to be remembered tonight by the Lord in prayers. We ask his blessings on the word. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we love you so much tonight. We're so appreciative in our hearts, Lord Jesus, to be given this opportunity again to assemble ourselves together. We thank you, Lord, that by the grace of God, we still live in a nation where we have these uh, opportunity. We don't know how long that it'll go on, but we want to take advantage of it. While we have it, we want to be grateful in our hearts when we can. As we have assembled tonight, Lord, we're asking you that you would take your word and speak to us. These things are so wonderful. As we read them, just in reading the word, we are blessed. But to hear as the Spirit of God will expound upon them, I pray, Lord, that you would take those words and make them make them such a reality to each of us tonight, Father. We look to you because you are the quickener, of course, of the word. Speak to us, we ask, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In one way, it's quite overwhelming. <clears throat> when we look at verse 24... We see the very desire, passion, the very burning in his heart, as we would say. He's coming down to the end of his journey. These are the last few words which are spoken by our master 
before he's fixing to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and enter into what the author called his passion. It's astounding when you read people's last words. Some of the things that the rich people say, the famous people say, paupers, the poor, the insignificant. But whenever we would look at his words, he who could say such powerful things, he could have spoken worlds into existence in some of the last, last moments of his human existence on the earth. But instead of doing any of that, he asked for our fellowship. Now, truly, that is more than my little puny mind can understand. Now, for those of you who have great minds and you're greater than me, well, have a little pity on me while I'm catching up. But for him who could have asked of so many things, he being the very opening of the heart of God. Now, remember, God is not a man. God is not a human. God is not even just a light or just a fire or just an essence of eternal life. But God is spirit. And God had no image. There was no image to the supernatural. But this is the very heart, the very image, the very epitome of what was hidden in the Old Testament, now revealed in the New. So we're able to look into the longing and the desire. Now, if God had a passion, then we know this is it. And of all the things he could have asked for, but he asked for us. This word, will, is a very strong word. It's an expression that in studying these words, I found and looking at it that it can denote a command. It is a very powerful word in the Greek language. And it is a word which can be used in several ways, but most of the time it would be used to denote a command, a compulsory desire. But here the Lord Jesus uses it in more of a form of a passionate request. Not that he is demanding, not that he is because I have done this, I demand that. But it is more on the side of the very heart of God. Hallelujah. To express it this way is to reflect how the speaker feels from within his own being. Now remember, unlike us, we rattle and rattle and talk foolish stuff and say, oh, crazy stuff and empty stuff but he he didn't say none of that so he's very careful in what he's saying and 
as I said, these are the very last words. Just a couple more verses before he's going into the Garden of Gethsemane. So he's closing out the intercessory prayer as high priest. He could have asked for myriads of angels. He could have asked for worlds unending. He could have asked for earths, suns, moons, stars. But instead, he asked for our fellowship. I will, Father, that those that thou hast given me will be with me where I am. Well, I'm not sure what you believe about that prayer, but I believe that prayer will be answered. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and express it to you the way I really see it. I believe it's being answered now as we go through time. Well, I do not see this as just something in the realm of the blessed eternity when we enter into those glorified bodies, but something that by the event of giving of his life that he set in motion that it was starting to happen here in time by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Father, I will that those whom thou hast given me may be with me. I want you to notice now that Jesus asked for a particular group of people. He did not ask that every mortal that would ever live on the earth. He didn't even ask that whosoever will. But he asked for a group which were given him before the foundation of the world. Now I hope you understand the direction that I wish to go for just a few moments. But those whom were given him before the foundation of the world were given into his trust to be their redeemer. As I said, the spirit had no image. I know we relate to God having eyes and that is only through the act of condescension that God would inspire the authors of the Bible to write it in a way that would seem material or tangible so we would be able to understand it. But God does not have hands like we have. God is not a corporal body sitting on a throne. The Bible teaches no such stuff. But remember the Lord Jesus who is there in the presence of God and St. John 4 tells us God is spirit. He never said God's an old man. He come from there. I'll take his word instead of yours. He didn't say God's an old man and I'm a young man. I've got an old man up there in heaven. But God is a spirit. Or in the Greek, God is theos. God is spirit. So here we see then the very heart of God as it is expressing how that he feels. So he relates this request. Now had it been for the foolish virgin, the 144,000, for the whosoever will, then all of those would have been gathered in this special position around the throne of God in answer to the request of the divine Savior. But he requests a special category of people in divine fellowship that they may be granted a position in the heavenlies as his reward for service. Notice not all the world, not even all of the church, 
but a select group. And may I say, it would include more than the apostles, more than evangelists, teachers, pastors, but it will be all of the elect. (laughs) They are the ones that were given to him the embodiment of the supernatural image of the invisible God. Now remember, it was in God the great eternal to become human, to become tangible, to become in a form that he would be able to relate to human beings and they would be able to relate to him. So here, before the foundation of the world, these attributes of God which were in him, whenever the Logos goes out of him, then they were given to the Logos as the Logos was given to them. Now, we, of course, do not remember such an event taking place because we were not conscious. We were in word form. But yet, in his mind, he knew that we would exist in this way. Now, they are his sheep. They are his brethren. They are his wife. They are called many things in the Scripture. Notice then his his desire is that they may be given to him in this completed form when the work of redemption has been consummated. Now, he he asked this as a petition, a desire, a request, a passion. Of course, we know that him being the humanity of God, that there must be a reward given for service, and this is in the way that he relates it. You know, St. John is the one of all the uh, uh, writers. He, He catches the glimpse, and John being the eagle, he goes higher than the genealogy of Matthew. He goes higher than... And Luke, he goes higher than all the enemy. He begins his book was, of course, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he catches the theos of God and brings it down into the human race. So naturally, John wrote in a way that the other brothers could not be able to do that. And Jesus, uh, John catches this epitome of the very heartthrob of God whenever he, he relates to it and he, he identifies this term by the Lord Jesus being used more than all the rest of the apostles put together. And it was the term of the given ones. The ones which were given. The given ones. The bought ones. Now I want you to notice now that John uh, was, was an apostle that believed in election before the foundation of the world. You see, John wrote this before there was ever Armenians. John wrote this before there's ever any free will Baptist, so I'm going to go back to what John wrote. For those of you free will Baptists that are in the message, you need to go back to where John wrote too. Because this is before the Southern Baptists and all the rest of them got it all confused. It's before Calvin messed it up. So this is when it's in the original apostolic format. So they were able by the grace of God to catch that God had given ones that were given to the given one. Amen. He was the only begotten of the Father. So John calls him the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. So in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. So he was the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. They didn't have a problem with that in this day, of course, like we do, because they didn't have the tradition of theology to pull it through. So this was a term of John that he used over and over again, and it was something that Jesus coined, and it was the expression of the given ones. Notice in 
St. John 6, 39. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but that should raise it up at the last day. Verse 44. No man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. So notice John over and over again catches on the very attribute of God's election and foreknowledge. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and all the rest of them actually taps into the fullness of it the way John was. John was the eagle. Let's me know there's still a lot of chickens around this message. That's why they fight this. How can a true eagle fight election of God? Makes no sense to me. If you're fighting election, it's a good sign you're still in the chicken coop. Well, preach Brother Donnie. Now, you see, to them, this was part of the very program of God because they heard from the utterance of the heart of God and the Lord Jesus was able to relate it to them because he proceeded forth and came out of God. So it was not a young man that came out of an old man, but it was the attribute of the word which came out of the invisible. Remember, God is and was invisible. Nobody has ever seen God. Nobody. Oh, you say Moses did. Moses did not. According to what Jesus said, no man has seen God at any time. Moses seen an expression of what the eternal allowed to strike molecules, matter, time, science, light, and so on. But no man has ever seen the fullness of the attribute of the eternal. Well, praise God. I'm not supposed to be going this way tonight, but here we go. So here the Lord Jesus was the very declaration from real of the manifestation of this God made manifest. And John called it above what all the rest of the brothers did. Notice St. John 17 too. As thou was given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Now notice, so it's not pending on them hearing the gospel and then them making up their mind they want to be saved and then God saw their choice and then God said okay now because you all chose me I chose you nonsense I said absolute nonsense he chose you before you ever even had the ability to choose you were in his thinking before the foundation of the world according to the Lord Jesus now again, these are the terms that he uses, the given ones. St. John 17, 9. I pray for them, I pray not for the cosmos, the world order, but for them which thou hast, notice, past tense, thou hast given me, notice, given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. So the giving comes from the eternal into the Logos which then steps down into form of theophany which was the first visible image that the spirit had and each of those stepping downs as I said you don't remember but you were in the genes of the Logos Christ the word 
Oh, how in the world could you not say amen to that? You were in your father, in your grandfather, in your great-grandfather, naturally speaking. Your DNA, your genetics runs back there. How much more does our spiritual DNA come from the Logos? Hallelujah. Oh, if God will open up our eyes and help us to realize who we are. No wonder Brother Branham said he'd come to a spot one day that he could say, I am not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. When are you and I ever going to come to a spot that we can say, I am not just the son of Don and Betty Reagan. I am not the son of Noel and Cecil Bath. I am an attribute of the Spirit of God. Oh my, St. John 17, 11, now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one even as we are. So from eternity, they were entrusted to him in order that in time they might be given back to him as a reward for his atoning sacrifice. Glory be to God. Let me say that again. They were entrusted to him while there was yet eternity. Remember, they were given to him before there was any molecules, any air, any time, anything. They were given to him in eternity that in time they would be given back to him as a reward for the atoning sacrifice. Blessed be the Lord. It's all the great program of the Almighty. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, he desires, of course, that we would be able to be with him and that we would be able to see, understand, and share his glory. So the I will is the desire for these attributes. And remember, uh, many, 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 many thousands and maybe even millions of them were in him while he's yet a human on the earth. This is why the prophets could say by representation, when he died at Calvary, I died with him when he got up. I got up with it. I was there when he called Lazarus from the grave. Right? We were here on Plymouth Rock whenever our founding fathers came. When they had the first Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. When George Washington crossed the Delaware, I was there with him. Is that right? On Iwo Jima, I was there. In the Korean War, I was there by identification. When Abraham offered Isaac, I was there. When Eliezer was sent down to get a bride, I was there. And I am here. To God. By identification, you are there. Now, notice then if the Lord Jesus could have asked for so many things, and yet he asked for the fellowship of the saints of God, then I wonder about folks who claim they are saints. If the Lord Jesus wants the fellowship of the saints of God and wants them to be with him where he is, I wonder how folks claim to be Christians and don't want to be in fellowship with saints. They would rather fellowship with liars and drunks and people at work and here and there and there. Well, I don't feel comfortable around church people. Well, there's something wrong with you then. You see, coming together, the saints of God and the house of God, worshiping and being together, it is our family, friends. It is our family. And if we don't enjoy being around the saints of God and the house of God, there's something wrong with our experience. 
Well, praise the Lord, it's the truth. Now, notice again, he says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast, now he's already given them to him, whom thou hast given unto me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. So the place of the communion is the place by which we will be able to be with him where he is. Now, now truly, of course, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we've entered into heavenly places in Christ, but he's desiring our fellowship to be extended upon the new birth and to go on into the blessed kingdom of God. So, of course, part of it is sharing this life. This is why we come to church. You come with your lick of fire, you come with yours, I come with mine, and it makes a greater revolution of the moving of the Spirit of God. Oh my, this is why we, one of the reasons we love to come to the house of God. And the saints said, that's right, because there's something supernatural about the saints of God gathering together. So, with the privilege then is also given to us not only the place of communion but the privilege of the communion of being there with our Lord by which we will be able to enjoy this blessed fellowship. Now this is what he prays for that they may be able to behold my glory. Well you know there's a mirror miniature form of that reflected when we come together in the house of God. We see him take a man and use a man and speak to us. We see him take people and lay hands on the sick. We see him heal the sick not preachers we see him encourage saints we see him what are we beholding his glory we're watching him as he heals the sick we're watching him as he takes a human vessel and discern our very hearts right so who is that doing it? Certainly not me. It's not the rest of these preachers. But it's the Lord Jesus. So we are beholding his glory as he's revealing his person down through the church ages. How greater, much greater will it be when we get into eternity and watch what takes place there. So here he desires that we would be able to behold him. Now this is not a display of pride or arrogance, but that we would be able to be partakers as his wife of the kingdom that is given to him. Notice this, that they may be able to behold my glory my glory which thou hast given me now this is separate from the essential glory which was with him when he was the word in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God but this was a glory which was picked up while he was in time now in the attributes of God as I said we don't remember that but there was a glory about that attribute which we had in him we don't remember it it doesn't do us any good to try to recall it we cannot but as we are now quickened by the baptism of the Holy Ghost then the glory of the attribute comes into the beginning of the fruition of the new birth and what does it do it changes us it begins to abound and it unfolds from justification to sanctification to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we look at a person that was a drunk a liar a whoremonger whatever more and we see the glory of God changing them what do we see we're beholding the glory of the Lord in that mortal body but it ain't going to stop there that's right notice so as this come down through the great powers of God and the Lord Jesus now watch as we move then beyond this world and future home the city was thrown and taught Revelation 21 23 and they need no light for the Lamb and the Lord God is the light thereof the Lord God is that pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness and he ascended up on the throne in the perfect kingdom. The kingdom that Jesus is to surrender to the Father. 
Now listen, the kingdom that Jesus, when the mediatorial work is totally done, the millennium is over, we enter into the eighth day, then Jesus, the human body of God, will surrender the entire kingdom over to what? The invisible one. Well, praise God. The Lord Jesus will sit down on this throne and the Father, not an old man, not an old man, but the eternal. Glory. Jesus has surrendered to the Father that God may be all and in all. Jesus sits upon his throne as our Joseph. And the king is that light that will be on top of Mount Zion and his holy light will flood the entire city. Hallelujah. And believe it or not, but tonight, if you're part of his wife, you have a special seat saved. You have got a special place saved. Amen. Notice his glory light floods the entire city. Doesn't say the entire world. But here the wife will be bearing the image of the invisible God, which has now recreated her into the image of the word. She moved now, of course, beyond time, entered into theos, theophany, and then come back and picked up the glorified body. Now she's bearing the image of God. Notice the image of God as he created man, Genesis 1:26, and also Genesis 2:7. The invisible and the visible merge together. That's the creation of man. And your God is going to bring his elect right into the very same union in the eighth day. The invisible attribute seed of God which pulled on you, pulled on you, pulled on you, pushed you. Whatever it had to do to keep you right in there. Amen. And then you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost invisible on the inside. The Holy Ghost moving on the outside. Finally brought your visible part subject to the word until one day death will swallow up in victory then there you will stand around the throne of God beholding his glory the answer to the Lord Jesus prayer (laughs) question answers on top of Mount Zion will set the lamb and the city have no need of the light, for the Lamb is the light thereof. And above the Lamb will be the Father, which is the Logos, God. You see, if God was restricted into a body of molecules and time and matter, he could never have divided himself on the day of Pentecost. Because when a part of him went out, he would be less than what he was. If God is restricted into one body as an old man, then he cannot be omnipresent. He cannot be omnipotent. He cannot be everywhere by his omnipotence at the same time. He would be limited as you and I are. But God is not a man. God is spirit. Oh my. Notice he said, which is the Logos God, the great light, the eternal light, That'll shine just above the throne. And Jesus will not be on his father's throne. He'll be on his throne. And the father will hover 
the Spirit hover over the humanity. Why is that so hard for folks to understand? Look at Adam in the Garden of Eden and you'll see the Godhead. The supernatural Adam given a body which was a natural Adam to express the supernatural. What was God? The invisible, the supernatural. What was Jesus in the form of the sonship? It was a body to give the supernatural a way to express itself, not to God's. Oh my. And the Father will hover over the Son, which the Father and Son will be one. And while they're yet speaking, I'll answer. And before they can think, I'm thinking for them. That's right, and Jesus will commit a perfect, perfect age to a perfect living God that he has redeemed and give over to the Father. Is that right? And will turn to God the Father, which is spirit, not a man. Satan has wanted to make you believe God is a man in order to make you hold on to heathenistic ideology of deity. If God is a man, we're in a mess of trouble. I said if God is a man, we're in a mess of trouble. Because he can't be everywhere at the same time so he can hear my prayers tonight, but he can't hear yours. And he can anoint me tonight, but he can't anoint somebody down in Louisiana at the same time because he can only be at one place and one church house at one time. But my God is not a man. He was invisible spirit. Then he chose to become a man. He loved fatherhood. And in order to become father, he had to become son. Hallelujah. He had to become son. And the son was the very declaration of the fatherhood of God. Praise be to God. You see, the, the human ministry of the Lord Jesus, all it was, was just a small interlude in a small lapse of time into the great existence of the I Am. It was just a small interlude in a moment of time. You see, he did not always exist as high priest. Right? He did not exist as their high priest in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he came to become our sacrifice, our high priest, our atonement, the, the offering, all of that together. And one day that part will cease to exist. Amen. It was only an interlude in a small measure of time of the great circle of the eternity of the existence of the I Am. Woo, praise be to God. Notice this in St. John 17, 25. Oh, righteous Father, the world. Hath not known thee. May I echo it on and say, and they still don't, sir. The sad part about it is many church folks don't know him either. Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. But let's not stop there. And these have known 
I have known in these children which you've given me, they have also entered into a knowing. Now notice the fatherhood of God. It's amazing. The Lord Jesus first addresses him as father. Then holy father. Then righteous father. Now remember, holiness and righteousness project from the fatherhood of God. Yet he cannot express himself while he's this invisible part. He's not yet father because there's nothing there begotten of. So he must beget something in order to become, oh hallelujah, in order to become father. So what did he do? Before the foundation of the world, he gave birth to a son. Except this son didn't look like one of our sons. He was not a human. He was not a little baby boy. Amen. But he gave birth to the word. So it was the Logos that went out of this great, oh hallelujah to God, this great invisible, and here is the beginning of fatherhood. So whatever... When he prays for the sanctification of his people, he identifies the fatherhood as holy father. Ooh, ma. When he prays for the glorification of his people, he identifies him as righteous father. Notice now, Jesus is going to make known to us that he's come to the earth to identify God's name. Now, this is what he's doing. He's giving the identification of the name of God. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. Now, we don't know what he knows, but we know enough to know what he knows of what we need to know in order to get out of here to know that we're known. (laughs) You see, he he allows us to know. Now, where did this come from here? How did they know this? How was they enlightened? How did they know? The Father enlightened them to know. They not only believed, they not only believed, but they knew. There's a lot of folks around this message that believe this message, but they don't know it yet. I'm not talking about knowing it by memorization and by knowledge. Those of you that know it, know what I'm talking about. Because you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is real. It is something from the presence of God. Let people say whatever they want to say. It makes no difference at all. Because, hallelujah, you know it comes from God. You don't just believe it, you know it. You see, what the Lord Jesus did was a constant, persistent identification of what every true man of God that's lived since this apostolic time began 2,000 years ago has done. And that is a constant declaration of the name of God. Huh. 
And it's amazing because we don't have any scripture where Jesus ever went around saying, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Titskanu, Jehovah Rapha. So what was the Father's name that Jesus said he'd come to declare? So it was a constant declaration of the divine name. Hmm. You see, the Lord Jesus, amen. In St. John 17, 6, he said, I and I have declared, make known, give to understand, to become known, be recognized, to know, to gain knowledge of, have thorough knowledge of, I have declared unto them thy name. Now, as I said, you ever know where Jesus ever said Jehovah or Elohim or Adonai? Hmm. Yet he would refer to him as Father and God. Well, I thought he's making known the name of God. I mean, well, where did Jesus ever teach on the seven compound names of Jehovah? He was the seven compound names of Jehovah. That's the best series you can have, a life series. Well, praise God. People say, I'm the longest series preacher in the entire message. I hope not. I hope every Christian here is a long series person. I hope your life began with a series when you found the new birth. And that series continues until I preach your funeral or we are changed together in the body change. Why? The continual manifestation of the name of the Father. I know I'm leading you out there and you're looking at me and you're wondering where I'm going. I know that. And I declared unto them thy name. But yet we would say, well, I, I want to make known my father's name. We say, well, Brother Donnie, I know your father's name. I've heard you say it before. It was Donald Lee Reagan and you're Donald Lee Reagan Jr. Well, that would be so in the natural sense. But now we're talking about another sense, which is a supernatural sense, which you don't just say, and, and your name, uh, Fred Perry. Okay, God bless you, Brother Fred. I'm Brother Donnie. Your name, Wes Willis. Okay, I'll, I'll remember that name. No, it was more to them than just memorizing and putting this name with this face. Notice Jesus said, I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. Now look at the word name, actually the Greek word that he used there, onoma, the name is used for everything which the name covers. Everything the thought or feeling of which is aroused in the mind by mentioning, hearing, remembering the name. One's rank, authority, interest, pleasure, command, excellencies, and deeds. Don't you understand when Jesus was preaching on election, he was making known the name of God. What he was preaching on his ability to choose, I have chosen you, you never chose me. He was making known the name of God. Well, hallelujah, when he said, I have come to seek and save that which was lost, he was preaching the name of God. When I preach on election, I'm declaring the name of God. When I preach on Malachi 4, I'm declaring the name of God. Why? That's his character. St. John 5, 43, Jesus says, 
I am come in my Father's name. And you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you shall receive. So what was the Father's name? Was it Father? I know somebody's afraid to answer me. That's not a trick question. <laughs> was Father the Father's name? Well, if Father was the Father's name, then I have the Father's name. By becoming a father, not really by having his nature. So God is an object of worship, then the piano could become God if someone worshipped it. Rock and roll stars, musicians, football stars, baseball stars, they are objects of worship. But they don't have the name of God. Now they are worshipped as gods. Right? Oh, praise the Lord. Now, notice again in St. John 8, 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I, ooh, I love this, proceeded forth and came from God. Listen, this word proceeded. Exero mehi. Go out. Come out to come forth from physically, arise from, to be born of, emitted, oh Lord, emitted as from the heart or the mouth. To flow forth from the body to emanate issue used as a sudden flash of lightning. So here is the body, the humanity, the sun, if you will, saying, I come forth from the invisible. As a flash of lightning. I was born from him. I came out from him. I emanated out of him. Praise be to God. Now, not like this. So you're such this old man, my son. I've got a bunch of kids down there. This law. So this old man, this young boy is having this conversation up in heaven. Now, I can't find nobody worthy. Now, I ain't going to make you do it. It's not fair. It's not really fair. I mean, actually, I'm the one who gave this law. I'm the one who gave this penalty. And I should go down there and do it. But instead of me going, I'm going to sacrifice my only son. That's a coward God. I make a penalty and you break that penalty and I send one of my daughters to pay for your penalty. I should do it myself if I'm a man. So when the old man looking at the young boy and the young boy said, Daddy, I don't know if I want to do that. I'll tell you, Daddy, this is going to be tough. Now, son, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I understand it. It's a hard job. The only reason I didn't want to do it myself. I'll tell you the one thing, it's just a bad deal. <laughs> so the father, the Elohim, could not die. You cannot tack a spirit hand to a cross you can 
not whip the spirits back. So out of his own being, comes out like a flash of lightning. God giving birth to something which thousands of years later will materialize into a human body which can be tacked to a cross. But it was not another person. It was the same person in another form. me and I go by the way of the grave and I leave this body and go into a theophany I will not I will not be another person I will be the same person in another body in another form the very same person Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. If God was the father of all these denominational people out here claiming what they claim, they would love us. speaks to Cain and tells him I know you're not like your brother I know I did I did not give you the revelation but if even if you will just do what he does I'll accept you if God were your father you would love me for I proceeded forth and came from God Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. St. John 17, 5, Now will Father glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Glory to God. Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested. Now we said he declared it. Now he's going to use another word and tell us that he's manifested thy name. Notice, not to everybody. But them given ones. I have manifested thy name. Now not just repeated it. Because as I said. We have no record that he ever said the name Yahweh. We have no record that he ever used the name Adonai Jehovah. Or those seven compound redemptions. How did he manifest the name of God? The way he lived. The way he talked. The way he walked. I 
manifested. Fanero, appear, show, make manifest or visible or known what has been hidden or unknown. To manifest whether by words or deeds or any other way to make known by teaching, exposed to view. To be plainly recognized, thoroughly understood who and what one is. So again, what was the Father's name? Father Jehovah, Father Adonai, Father Elohim, Father Yahweh, Father Shama, Father Tiskanu. You see, friend, we can bring it on down to our day and say that we can say Christian, but we don't want to just name the name of Christian. We want to manifest the name. Not just in church twice a week or once a week. We want to manifest it every day of our life. We want to manifest it the way we treat our neighbors. We want to manifest the name of a child of God. When our enemies do what they do, that we want to manifest the name of Christ and we pray for them. You see, it's not a just good scripture to quote when we're in the time of trouble. We want to manifest the name of our Lord Jesus through the members of our body. We pray for those that despitefully use us. We rejoice when they cast our name out as evil. We are manifesting the name of our God. Don't you understand? Those receive the new name and the new kingdom is only a furtherance of what they've already done. They've received the name now. We don't just take it on in water baptism. We're displaying the name of our God every day that we live. Oh, I have manifested thy name unto the scribes and the Pharisees and the Essenes and everybody in the world because God so loved the world that he gave his only... Now we're talking family talk. I'm going to preach salvation like it's for everybody. But in reality, I know it ain't. If I run into people out there for whatever peculiar reason, they say, are you a preacher? As they do all the time. Are you a preacher? You just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you pray for me? I've got this, 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 this. Absolutely. I'll show you. You want me to pray for you right now? I'd be glad to if you want me to. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to reach out to them as if they are a potential seed because only God knows whether they are or whether they ain't. But I do know this. If they are, they will come to the furtherance of the manifestation of the name word of this hour. If I can lead them to Christ and get them saved, praise God, I'm going to do that too. That don't mean that they belong to this church. That don't mean they'll ever sit here and hear what you hear tonight. And the Lord Jesus said it in general. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But now he's not preaching to the generals. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is preaching to the general crowd. But now he's praying and preaching to the ecclesia. And to the ecclesia says, Father, Father, I manifested thy name unto the men which thou hast given me out of the cosmos. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. 
and they have kept thy word. Now what's the summary of his work in verse 26? I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. I have declared thy name unto them and will declare it. Lord Jesus, you're going to still declare it after his resurrection. The declaration of the name of God was still being declared for 40 days as he walked upon the earth. That he was not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. I am he that was dead, but I am alive forevermore. What is that? Declaration of the name of God. When we see our Lord Jesus come among us and heal folks' bodies and does a deposit of divine healing, it is a manifestation of the name of God because that same one that's doing that healing will give us all the great divine healing one day will be changed from old people to young people. Oh, notice he sums up his prayer. Now as high priest, he's coming to the close. This is the purpose of my life, Father. And I bring my petition. I've lived my life. I've suffered. And I'm fixing to suffer even further. But before I do, I have just a couple of things I want to ask you. I want my wife to be with me where I am. I want her fellowship. And I'd like for her to see my glory. Friends, let me just be honest with you. This is why I'm not interested in hearing preachers brag on themselves. I don't care how good a, song, a songwriter is or how good a singer is or how good a musician is, whatever more. When songwriters, singers, preachers, whoever go to taking the glory which belongs only to Almighty God to themselves, I have a problem with that. They, none of us got no right to brag about nothing. Come on, saints. Oh, brother, so and so, oh, I'm telling you what, he done so, oh, my goodness. Well, if he did, thank God for it. God's the one who gave it to him. He's not the one that can do it. There ain't no preacher that has this ability within himself or songwriter or singer or musician. Jesus did not pray. Now, Father, I pray that you'd help them to see one another's glory. Help them, Lord, to see Brother Ram's glory. And help them now, Father, to see the pastor's glory. But I want you to let them see my glory. I have made known unto them your nature and your attributes. And I will continue to do so until the Mount of Ascension. And then I will change into the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost through the church ages. And I'll continue to reveal myself for 2,000 years. But would you let them be with me where I am? Praise God. And this is why 
How amazing. I've declared unto them thy name and will declare that the love. Now the reason that I've done all of this is that the love wherewith thou hast loved me. And he told us a couple of verses prior to this that he loved him before the foundation of the world. And I read it to you this past weekend when the prophet said, when you're in Christ Jesus, you're just as perfect as Christ himself is. I know some of your false teeth probably still rattling over that quote. I pray God makes it known to us. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me. Now look, when a preacher declares the name of God, when a singer declares the name of God, when a musician declares the name of God, when we as Sunday school teacher or whatever we are in the body declare the name of God, this should be the outworking of our declaration. That it does not make people think how great and wonderful we are. I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. That the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them. And I in them. What a desire. Let's stand together. Father, would you please let them know they are loved by you in the same way that I am loved by you. And most of us will be honest, we'll say, we need help with that. Because we're still looking at this old tent. And you think that tent is you. That tent ain't you. <clears throat> That's all it is. A tent. And it flops out in the wind and when the storms come it hits it and it rips and it tears. And... But the tent ain't you. But you are the attribute. Father, I've done all of this. Declared your name. That your love may be in them. Not only a degree of a lesser love but that they might be able to see and truly believe that you love them in the same way. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take you on that a little farther. Why shouldn't God love me in the same way exactly that he loves Jesus Christ? You need my Gatorade to wash it down? But you see, you're looking at this. No, that's not what I'm talking about. The real seed, me, is not a man. The real seed, me, is an attribute. Amen. Of his spoken word. I'm just captured in this tent. Glory to God. 
The real me never started. It never had a beginning. It'll never have an end. It's never made a mistake. It's never done anything wrong. It has nothing laid to its charge. So as the only begotten Son of God comes out and goes out of Him, and then the, you remember the prophet saying, what is the question answered on Genesis 1953, whenever God said, let us make man in our image. He said, if you notice, He didn't just make one. But let us make man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What was it? The visible image of the supernatural becoming into a tangible world. Then God takes that tangible image, which will later become the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And there he gives eyes to Adam and ears and hands and so on and so on. But the supernatural image is that which created first Genesis 1.26. Amen. Listen to me. When the red man, when the red man, the word Adam means red. When that Adam fell, that first man of Genesis 1.26 didn't fall with him. He couldn't. Lord Jesus. Well, that hits you about three in the morning. You'll yell out a big boy who you. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't you understand? That's why the prophet can come back and say, You never did it in the first place. You was trapped in that old marriage, but you never did it. Friends, when are we ever going to get to a spot? We can understand that attribute isn't forgiven. It never done it. Why do you need to forgive an innocent thing? So you look at yourself and you look at me and I look at you when we look at our shortcomings and we think God loves that. The way he loved the sinless Lord Jesus, I mean, what he said. Whereby the scripture says, he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Why? They proceeded forth and came from the same Father God. I don't know what to say. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me just read this verse of Scripture again. 1726, Brother And I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it. That the love, don't you understand? He did not make the name of God known to the scribes, Pharisees, Herodians, all of them. But to those that were given to him. By making the name of God, the character, the traits, the deeds, whenever you think about God. You see, when people think about God and they mention the name of God, if they're a Trinitarian, they think of three. If they've got this ideology that God's this mean old guy, whenever the name God is mentioned, then their mind goes to that fictitious image of what they think God. God's waiting for them to mess up. He's waiting for them. So this is the way they approach this God. So Jesus said, in order for you to worship, Amen. 
In order for you to worship, I've got to eradicate this thought of yours. You have to rethink the God world. We'll hear about it next week, Lord willing. I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. That, the reason for, Father, the purpose, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them. And I in them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, oh, how blessed we've been tonight to sit in your presence. To hear another declaration of the name of our God. Lord, it was not necessary that I stand up here and just read scriptures or quote them. Or say, Jehovah Adonai, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Titskanu, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. I could have said that and still not declared the name of God. I'm simply repeating titles that you chose to reveal yourself in. But by displaying your character, your nature, your traits, your deeds, the way you think, the way you feel. Lord, no doubt this will be part of the coupling together within ourself, that divine nature of leading us on in to the body change. Or the prophet said if she can recognize who she is, then the rapture will go when she recognizes who she is. He didn't say when we recognize who he was. They can recognize, oh, mama's a good mama, and brother Don's a good pastor. That's not the key. It's them being able to see who they are. If they maintain and hold on to the denominational thing of who they are as just an old sinner saved by grace, I'm just forgiven, that's all. That type of confession will never take a rapture. It is a justification beyond what Luther preached. It isn't that, well, we've done this and this and this and this and God went through and, oh my, we're forgiven now. We're still guilty, but we're, we're, we're forgiven and somehow God throwed it behind His back and no longer sees it, but we're still guilty. No, Lord, the truth of it is that old man that done it ain't even alive. Amen. He's dead. Amen. That old nature is dead. Lord, help them to see the new birth is not that old man getting saved. The new birth is that old man dying and the attribute receiving the quickening power of God. That's the new birth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because it was dormant, it couldn't do right or wrong. Lord, I feel I'm preaching again. Because it was dormant, it couldn't do right or wrong. But it come to a spot to where life passed over it. It quickened or was born again. Praise God. It took the breath of life and it became a living soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not the old man made over. Not the old man passed up. But a brand new creation. A new creature in the same old temple. A new creation in the same old house. Praise God. Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this service tonight. It, it helps me to see so much 
Wow, this is so important for us to hear these things. Lord, it helps us to see your name, who you are, your character. You want us to know. You want to take us back before our conception in our mother's womb. You want to take us farther back than our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers. You want to take us back to the proceeding out of the eternal. Praise God. Oh, Jesus. We bless your name tonight, God. Hallelujah. We worship your name, Father. I exalt your name. Your name, your character, your deeds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, can we worship him a little bit, saints? Oh, my, don't you just sense his presence here. Glory to God. Can't you see he's pleased? His name has been declared. His name, once again, has been declared. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord God. Hallelujah. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. It was in you to have a people. It was in you to become tangible. You loved fatherhood, so you must become a son. So you had to give birth to something that would become visible. So out of that invisible realm and that supernatural comes some little flickering. What was it? Prophet said it started out like a little halo, a little light. Praise God. Oh, glory. So you give birth, big light, to a little light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, that's what happened to us. And Paul said, you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. We are not just in the light. We are the light. We come from that light. Hallelujah. When the light of God shined in each age, the elect of God comes straight to that light. Because they come from that light in the beginning. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, saints, let's just bless his name. Let's worship him a little bit. Oh, hallelujah. He loved you so much. He wanted to be with you. And he wanted you to be with him. If he feels that way about us, should not we feel that way about him? This is why we invite him to come in the service and be a part of it. He asked for our fellowship. We asked for his. Oh, but we don't want him just to be with us in church night and church day. We want him to be with us every day of our life, every hour of our day. I don't want to go anywhere. Jesus ain't welcome. I don't want to go nowhere on vacation. I don't want to make a trip nowhere. I can't take my Lord. I want to be with him everywhere I go, every step of the way, every day, every breath I take. Praise be to God. Sing something for us, Harry. Let's just worship him just a little bit, can we, before we go? Can we take a few minutes in his presence? Oh, praise God. Let's just lay aside our, our day today and our day tomorrow for just a few moments. Let's just close our eyes and raise our hands into the presence of the great King. Hallelujah.
Jesus. I hope you don't think I'm sacrilegious when I turn it around and say, I want to be able for him to say the same thing about me. Donnie, nobody loves me quite like you do. Each of us are special, you see. Each of us are a peculiar treasure and making up the entirety of his great treasure. 
David was a man after God's own heart. Different men have been known for different things. You know that in the Bible. Don't you want to be the type of individual that God said, nobody loved me in Happy Valley quite like you. Your way was just special. I mean, he, he's, he's that way that he can say that about millions of his kids. But I want him to be able to say it because it's true. Let's just sing it together before we go. Oh, yes, Lord. I see you in the sunrise every morning. Every morning. It's like a picture that you painted for me. Love.
Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give the Lord a wonderful hand of praise, can we? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you so much. Let's just bow our heads together, if you would, saints. Oh, God, what can we say? Our poor words are so feeble to try to find the words to express our feelings. Truly, Lord God, you have been so good to us. You've let us share your truth. You've called us to yourself. Praise God. You're pulling back the veil, helping us to see who you are and who we are along with you. Thank you, Father. Make your word more real to us, Lord. Help us to think on it. To meditate on it, Lord. Help us as we conduct our activities every day. That we don't get so busy just with life and living. Not necessarily sinful wrong things, but just so busy with life. That we leave so little time for the life that is to come. Praise God. David said, as long as I have my being, I will praise the name of the Lord. Lord God, as long as we have our being, may we bless your name. May we exalt your name. May we live your name, express your name. Praise God. Go with us now, Father. Bring us back at the appointed time, Father God. It's been such an honor to be gathered together here tonight at your house. We feel like we've sat at Father's table. We sit down in our chair and pulled our chair up under the table. And Father had delicacies of His Word. Praise God. This bowl and that bowl and this platter and that platter was passed around the table. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. Go with us now, Lord. May we ruminate as sheep do upon these things. Sometimes it takes a few times to pass it around. Lord, and the spiritual gastric juices begin to think about it. Concentrate on it, Lord. And we say, praise God. And we say, boy, that was good. That thought. And all of a sudden, while we're talking about it, it just explodes on us again. And oh, my goodness, I never even saw that. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. We need stimulation, Lord, by revelation. We love you, Father. I ask you to be mindful of those that are sick and needy. Lord, our sister Tamika Brown having to go back today to the doctor, Lord, and an infection in her body. We're praying for her tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to that devil. In Jesus' name, may that thing leave our sister's body. Amen. Father, Lord Jesus, our brother Gene Terrell, you 
know the situation of our brother tonight, oh God. We don't believe that Satan can take us until our life has completed its purpose. And when you're done with us, we're done with life. But Lord, if it ain't his time to go, then that devil's got to back off. Lord, others with needs in their homes or bodies, be mindful. I pray, Father, would you go with us now, Lord, as we go our separate ways, never to depart from your presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The saints said, Amen. Amen. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless you. I'd like to have a, a br- brief meeting with the trustee brothers in my office after service, if you would, brothers. God bless you, saints. Loving the Lord. Thank you for praying for me this week. I'm doing much better. Just got a sinus thing, headache, sore throat. I was so sick Saturday and Sunday preaching my Monday. I was just about dead. I couldn't hardly walk. And I appreciate you praying for me so much. I'm doing better. Dumb devil. Dumb. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I have looked at thousands of quotes and scriptures. And are you going to be blessed? Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. I stand in all of your amazing ways. I worship you as long as I am breathing. God, you are faithful and true. Nobody loves me like you. Thank you.